You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. Just as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, or if this is your first time here, you are in for quite a ride. My guest is Curtis from the Instagram site Star Wars Poetry. It's an incredible mix of short-form poetry, mostly haiku and limericks, set against a background of art from sketch card or other Star Wars artists. The first time I saw this, I was blown away at the mashup of the art and was very happy when he agreed to do an interview. You'll get to hear his story, how he got started, how he was able to collaborate with other artists, and what's next for the poems. I think you'll really enjoy it. First, though, I just wanted to get to a little housekeeping, and I kind of wanted to give you an update of the Star Wars Resistance set that I am putting together. I'm probably about, I would say, about 60% of the way through. Remember, this is a retail set only, so the only places you're going to get it are just stores around you. Uh, I've gotten a few blaster boxes, uh, some of the hanger boxes, and some of the loose cards. Just about done with the foil inserts. I've got all but just one of those pop-up cards that we've been talking about that are really neat. And if you haven't seen them yet, you can go over to the Instagram site uh, at Rebel Base Card and, and kind of check those out as well. The base set's coming along just fine. You know, you get to a point where if you start going, if you ever start getting too heavy into it, you're going to start getting a lot of duplicates. So I am hoping to hear from some of you out there who also got into this. Uh, maybe we can do a little horse trading. You know where to find me there. Uh, the release calendar, uh, there was actually some updates I saw on the Cardboard Connection site. Uh, we have been talking that Chrome Legacy comes out in July on the 24th. That is a hobby exclusive. In August, we have the Skywalker Saga. In October, we have Journey to the Rise of Skywalker. And what's interesting about that, that'll likely be the retail and hobby set that is we've seen with The Force Awakens, Rogue One and The Last Jedi. This is usually a culmination of events or cards or stories leading up to the movie with usually some of the teaser trailer images in it. This will be a nice one to kind of carry us into December when we do get the last Skywalker movie set or at least hopefully series one, hopefully one of more series, uh, not just like Solo, which we just got the one set, period. Coming up for me personally, I have Joliet Star Wars Day on June 1st. Likely between now and then, I may be able to get off one more episode. I have been kind of wanting to do a collector's edition uh, for quite some time, and I may be eliciting help from some of you out there to give me your tips on how you collect and what you do to protect and or display your collection. So that'll be kind of exciting. But I do, like I said, expect one more episode before Joliet Star Wars Day. And then afterwards, what I'm hoping to do is get a little reaction from that day itself. The Joliet Public Library Star Wars Day is one of the biggest library Star Wars Days in the country. Uh, there'll be Artist Alley there. There'll be the 501st. It should be quite an affair. I'm hoping to get some reaction, maybe a little bit of interviewing. I know that some of the folks, will, everybody's going to try to get out there and have a good time, so I don't kind of want to interrupt them too much, but I do want to get kind of a flavor of the day to kind of bring some of that to you. At any rate, after that, we do have some interviews that are lined up in the June month, and there'll be more information about that 
as it comes about and as I get those done. But anyway, tonight's interview with Curtis at Star Wars Poetry. Stick around. This is going to be awesome. Enjoy. I did want to go ahead and start off with a poem of yours, just in case some of the audience hasn't heard some of the work or read it online. And I'm going to come back to you later on uh, and talk with you a little about it. But um, I'm going to start off with a poem of yours called, I'll Take Those. Cutting down troops with abandon. I'll take those plans that you're handin'. Off to your chum, you are all rebel scum. And everyone dies where they're standing. And what the, what, uh, the audience may not know is that's actually your voice uh, doing this. And, and I would like to talk about that one a little bit later, but I, I did want to start off. I think everybody gets some exposure to poetry when they're in school and, and, and younger. Do you remember when this started for you or your, maybe your first exposure or at the very least when it really started clicking into some, being something more? Yeah, so uh, growing up, uh, I had a father who would occasionally uh, write poetry uh, of a usually humorous uh, fashion about the family dog or some such. And uh, so I grew up, I think, thinking that uh, writing poetry was uh, something that was pretty common and that people did as a normal sort of thing. And of course, in my uh, generation, uh, names like Dr. Seuss and Ogden Nash and Shel Silverstein loomed a little larger on the national conscious than I think now, where we have so many things competing for our attention. And so uh, I feel like poetry held a little greater sway, uh, especially humorous poetry was a little more common to find books of poetry in people's homes and such and so I grew up in one of those homes and my mother even went so far uh, when my brother and I were children to uh, pay us uh, for an expansive vocabulary so uh, we would get a nickel or a dime or on rare occasions a quarter for using impressive words in conversation uh, and so to this day uh, we might be caught uh, saying to a friend or a family member, that's a 25-cent word. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people joke about the incentive-based system, but uh, I, I can't argue the results in, in some cases. That's, that's pretty amazing. What about your first experience with Star Wars? I know everybody has one. What's yours? My first experience was in 1977, seeing it, as a uh, 10 year old uh, child, uh, my uh, parents uh, took myself and a best friend at the time to see it for uh, a birthday uh, present for myself. And uh, I saw it several more times uh, in 77, but uh, that, that's where it all began, I think. And, and I was a, growing up as big a Star Wars fan as any kid growing up with the original trilogies was and remained interested uh, throughout my adult life. Certainly would go and see the movies when they came out, but the amount of focus that uh, I give to it now and the amount of my daily routine that it takes up uh, is, is much greater in the last uh, several years since I retired from uh, private practice as a veterinarian. From those first uh, from those first viewings up until when you get to writing this for a living, as it were, 
were you writing other poetry or has it always been Star Wars? <laughs> uh, very, very seldom to not at all uh, with the poetry. Uh, it just, I'm a very creative person and I have a lot of creative outlets and uh, poetry just wasn't a direction that I put any of my energy until uh, about nine months or so ago when uh, we took uh, the family on a, uh, a short uh, vacation to Washington, D.C. and we are uh, want to visit uh, used bookstores as we travel around the country. Uh, they have a lot of character uh, compared to some chain bookstores, for example. And so uh, we went to a used bookstore in Washington, D.C. that I had happened to run across called Second Story Books. And in that bookstore, as I was perusing uh, up and down the aisles, I found a sort of omnibus of poetry and was intrigued and remembered uh, those sort of books being much more common when I was a kid. So I bought it and started reading and uh, came across a few poems by Ogden Nash. And so I got a best of Ogden Nash book and seeing how short and funny some of his most popular poems were, sort of a little light bulb went off and I uh, started channeling a little bit of energy into writing some poetry and, and thought I would just maybe do an Instagram page on humorous poetry. Uh, and, but I very quickly realized that, you know, Star Wars was where it's at. There's such a big built-in audience. It was something that I was already giving a lot of energy to through um, my experience and time spent uh, with the 501st Legion. Uh, and trooping as the Empire Strikes Back version of Darth Vader at a lot of charity events. And so I thought, you know, on Instagram, what really lands with people are pages that are very focused, uh, where they know I'm going to get something very specific from this page. And so I re-geared quickly after a week or two and, uh, and created the, uh, the at Star Wars poetry page that uh, I post to uh, daily now over the last eight to nine months. Had you been on Instagram long before that? Uh, just as just of my own personal page, uh, which is mainly uh, focused on uh, different uh, Star Wars appearances uh, with the 501st Legion. And also I do, uh, I have a, as I said, I have many creative outlets. And so I do a fair bit of photography and in particular, instant photography, uh, which is very niche at this point with all our digital cameras and everything. Right. And so I would post a lot of that stuff on my personal page. Uh, but uh, no, uh, no experience with anything beyond what most people have on Instagram before that. So. Um, one of the things um, someone will notice if they go to your Instagram page and, and look at it is that at least initially, you were putting in some of your own artwork up there. Can you kind of talk about that style? I notice it's 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 kind of unique. <laughs> yeah, I think the official uh, term that you would find more like it under uh, on Instagram would be hashtag scribble art. <laughs> and so uh, there really everything I ever did in that form is up under one poem or another. There's only you know three or four pieces uh probably and so it's just a recreation of sort of a few classic scenes 
done by uh, sort of uh, moving a single wavy scribbly line where you don't <laughs> necessarily pick the pencil up off of the paper over the image with the scribble being tighter in areas of darker uh, and and wider apart in areas of lighter uh, parts of the image. And then I have uh, done a, uh, a digital water coloring uh, effect. So all those images are digital and uh, we're all created digitally and uh, the water coloring effect, which is actually pretty good because uh, I do regular watercolor as well. Uh, is is done digitally as well uh, on a different layer behind the uh, the hard black lines. And so anyway, yeah, I did. You know, originally when I started the page, I was just taking screen grabs uh, of scenes or characters and using that to lay the poem over the top of. Uh, and then uh, I would drop in a few of my own artwork pieces because why not and then uh, <laughs> I even put up one uh, I think that's still up there has uh, a picture of my cosplay there's a uh, poem called pandas uh, up there that uh, that's me in uh, ESB Vader uh, in the picture that shows for that poem and so it was really the moment where there was a big sea change on the account was uh, when Danny Kidwell, who is a, a Topps uh, Star Wars sketch artist, amongst other things, and being a uh, an exceptional artist in his own right, uh, doing work uh, aside from what he does for Topps, um, he actually messaged me unsolicited. He'd seen some of my poems, and he said, hey, you know, you really ought to think about um, talking with some of these some of these artists who do uh, art for tops for Star Wars collecting cards, uh, sketch card art. And, uh, you know, I will admit here, um, I'm opening myself up on a car on a show about uh, card collecting. <laughs> I, I did not even know that there was such a thing as Star Wars card collecting. Uh, Star Wars is such a broad playing field. There's so much going on in every direction that that just wasn't even really on my radar screen, let alone the fact that people were creating original artwork and, and they were being stashed in, you know, these packs of collector cards. And I didn't know that he had done any work for them either. I said, I said, oh, that's an interesting idea. I don't really know much about that. Is that something you're interested in? Uh, and not knowing that, of course, he was creating art for them uh right but i was able to figure it out and and he offered to um introduce the idea of collaborating with me to some of uh his fellow artists and very quickly i started getting interest and uh, communications from other artists who wanted to uh share their artwork and and work on collaborations with my poetry and it's really, uh, really taken off from there. Uh, originally, uh, it was a little bit of a hard slog to, to cold message artists and say, hey, you know, I'm doing short form poetry, usually humorous, and, you know, this is how we do, and we co-promote each other, uh, and I create these posts with your art and my poems, and what do you think? Uh, now, I will say, uh, I'm working with a pool of about 20 to 23 uh, really talented artists now. And when I approach uh, a new artist to potentially come on board, 
uh, it is much easier <laughs> because they can look at say. all the wonderful artists who are already working with me and say, okay, well, this guy's not trying to rip my art off to make a T-shirt to sell on, t- on you know, an online store. So. Right, and no, that was a nat- that was naturally great um, segue into, into the question regarding those sketch artists, and I was just going to say probably felt like a domino effect like once it kind of got started and people kind of saw what you did then everybody's like oh i completely get that and i i do think it's an interesting transcension of the words that you're writing down and you're seeing that i mean i think that really heightens the heightens the content i think it really raises it up if you um if you agree with that to another level as it were yeah well i think that uh you know it's what we're showing is really two different kinds of original work in one post and uh it it is synergistic for sure i'm reaching audiences that i wouldn't necessarily have a direct link into as are a lot of the artists uh i work with and so it is mutually beneficial and the final product i think is greater than me overlaying my work onto a screen capture. Uh, and I've sort of settled on a, uh, a style so that the posts all have a fairly uniform look. And, you know, I really kind of pick that sensibility up from some of the more successful artists uh, and seeing their own pages and how they branded themselves and their sites and how they kept everything uniform and uh so that varies from artist to artist how they how they like to approach their pages but uh i've tried to keep it very uniform and professional looking no no excellent excellent and that kind of leads into kind of the i wanted to get a little bit into the process um, you do said you are you're semi-retired, but do you have a time and a place that you sort of, you can devote to it or you do devote to this? Uh, my time is pretty much my own, uh, aside from uh, running a busy, successful uh, household and, uh, and uh, serving as a taxi for uh, <laughs> two very busy children. Uh, so, uh, teenagers, I guess I should say. And so, uh, I, I sort of write whenever the, uh, the inspiration, uh, takes me, or I can really spark that inspiration just by flipping through the art of, of some of the artists that I work with and I'll kind of look at their piece. And these days I will actually grab art from them that I think I might be able to work with and then write off of the sketch card art as opposed to writing a poem and then looking for art that'll work with it most times. And the reason for that is because it's easier for me to <laughs> take a pre-existing piece of art and make a poem about it than it is for me to write a poem and then try to find art that will fit with my poem. Uh, the process just works easier that way. And it, I've had to learn that uh, over time. And so uh, now I grab uh, just screen captures of any artwork that they're doing that I think, oh, that might be a good poem or oh, I haven't written about that character or that's a cool picture. Right. I, I really think I could do something with that. Uh, and then I work that way. And uh, honestly, I, I walk 
uh, amongst other things for exercise. Uh, and you know, I'll do three miles uh, when I'm out walking around the neighborhood. And that is actually when I write most of my poetry. I carry a little notebook with me all the time. And uh, I'll go out on this three-mile fast walk, and and I'll stop and jot down uh, rhymes or ideas or titles or little hooks uh, for the poems. And most times, though, write down full poems that I'll compose in my head while I'm walking. And I can get you know anywhere from one to three poems written uh, on a on a routine daily walk uh, a lot of times. Oh, wow. Uh, um, I wanted to go back to that first one we played at the top of the interview. Uh, I'll take those because it really hits on a very, I think anybody who has even seen that part of Rogue One where, you know, Darth Vader is cutting through those rebel troopers. That's a very, that's a very distinctive scene. Can you, can you walk me through that particular one? Uh, I'm, trying to remember uh, the circumstances of writing that one. I wrote that one pretty early, and I have used it fairly extensively uh, because I, I particularly like that one, and that, that scene was very uh, strong and very iconic, and uh, I've used it uh, to create a couple of T-shirts that my daughter and I wore at Celebration, so when we were standing in these multiple hour-long lines for things, people uh, might uh, see this poem on the back <laughs> of the T-shirt and see the at Star Wars poetry across the front of the T-shirt and uh, just hop over on their <laughs> phone while they're standing there and maybe check out the account. So we did a little walking billboard advertising using that poem uh, at uh, Celebration. And then I also gave out uh, hundreds of uh, magnets that I had made that have that that post that uh, red hallway with Darth Vader at the side and the poem overlaying it uh, out to people at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's probably the poem of mine that more people have seen than any other one, and and I only chose it because it's one of my favorites as well. <laughs> but uh, I will tell you that uh, maybe I will answer your question a little more generally because I honestly don't remember the very specifics of writing that poem, but it is the same for all of them. And so the answer is really the same. And so what I am looking for is a, an idea that is unique, a perspective that is different. I'm looking for a joke or an irony or something particularly poignant uh and there's a 25 cent word for those people <laughs> uh, full of emotion and uh i am uh and that's what i'm hanging the poem on and i only really write two kinds of poetry very for very specific reasons i write haiku which those of you who don't remember your elementary school poetry is uh, three lines, five <laughs> syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, which means you've got 17 syllables to drive home the joke, the irony, the poignancy of the moment that you're trying to describe. Right. Uh, or I write limerick, which in some ways I uh, prefer because it brings in rhyme and meter. There is a 
rhythm, a musicality to a limerick. Limericks are virtually always funny. Uh, so you're already sort of smiling mentally when you start to read a, uh, a limerick. Uh, and to me, they're very satisfying, but I can write a haiku on almost anything, even a topic that I'm not super well-versed in, uh, as maybe some fans might be, and still make a really interesting good haiku, whereas for limerick, I feel like I need a little more meat to the subject to be able to fill it out and really make it work. And I will say as a side note uh, that I've started experimenting with a uh, meter called uh, anapestic uh, tetrameter, which is a mouthful, but uh, it is the meter that Dr. Seuss most commonly used in his books and poems. And so if you listen close, you might recognize the rhythm the flow, the meter of one of the poems that uh, we will read today called The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And so that is written in anapestic tetrameter, uh, a mirroring of Dr. Seuss's style. So, But mostly I write limerick and haiku, and those are short, funny uh, poems. And I chose those because I feel like on Instagram, people are moving through these posts pretty quick. They want to be able to glance at something. Boom, 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 ha, 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 and move on. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, like, double tap that, and then move on. Uh, so much of the poetry on Instagram, and I follow a lot of poets uh, because that's the way Instagram works, you know. Uh, and so much of it is about my uh, failed love life, my pain, <laughs> my, my romance, my, uh, you know. That's where uh, I did my best work, I, I would say that. Of it, most of it is blank verse. <laughs> and long <laughs> and so it is a tough slog uh and i think that hurts me when i say hey i have a poetry account <laughs> people are like oh good yeah thanks thanks for mentioning that uh so what i am i'm a voice in the wilderness i am i'm supplying short funny star wars based poetry uh the kind of poetry i want to read when i go on instagram <laughs> and so and it all starts with a something that I can take a new angle on. I want the poem to look at something from a different point of view, you know, from a right. certain point of view. And so I, I don't want it just to describe the action that we're all so familiar with or a character exactly the way we've always seen them. Uh, I want it to take a, a slightly off-kilter look at that topic and find that irony or that humor uh, or that emotion in the topic. And so then I, once I have the hook, once I know what's going to make that poem unique, then if I'm writing a limerick, like I'll take those, I'm looking for two sets of rhymes because in a limerick line one, two, and five are a little bit longer and they rhyme with each other. And line three and four are a little bit shorter and they also rhyme with each other. Right. So there's only two sets of rhymes. And I'm just trying to find words that three words, usually I, the tougher rhyme is the three rhyming words. So I'm, I'm trying to find three words that are interesting, that are uh, engaging, that rhyme with each other. And then I can work the lines up to those ending words that uh, that create the rhyme. And so the two, the couplet, the, the shorter lines, that usually comes very fast and easy uh, to me. Uh, so I really focus on the hard part first. I'm a sort of eat your vegetables 
uh, <laughs> kind of guy before dessert. And so, uh, and I really, if people go to at Star Wars Poetry on Instagram or Facebook or at Star Wars Poet on Twitter, what they're going to find when they look at my uh, post is, especially on Instagram, is that I use the poem itself, the title, the caption, and the hashtags to create that overall joke or irony or emotional moment, uh, not just the words of the poem. Uh, so when you hear on a show like this, my poetry read out loud, uh, and you think, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, I'd like to check that out. You're in store for an even greater experience on the pages because they're really, when you have the art and the, and the uh, caption and the hashtagging all there with the title and the poetry, it's even funnier or even more ironic or an even stronger emotional moment. And so. That, that's interesting. And you know, before we play a, a few more in looking in some of that, I know that when I've when I've kind of flirted with this in the past, sometimes I, I was always wondering, like, if you add a caption or if you add context, you know, are you are you in some ways shaping the, the readers or the listeners view of it? But then again, when you are talking about a haiku or maybe a limerick, maybe I'm reading a little too much into that, where some of it is more face value as opposed to where if it was more open prose, where it would be open for more interpretation. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact is that when I write this stuff, I have in mind what I think the joke is or <laughs> what I think the irony is or, you know, what, what I think the emotional thing about that moment that I'm capturing is that I'm heightening and you know that's sort of what I'm hoping that the reader will experience <laughs> I'm not uh, you know I'm not writing an abstract rock song on acid where they don't even really know what it's about so they refuse <laughs> to tell you what it's about right you know you everyone finds their own meaning in the lyrics you know I'm, I'm hoping that you will experience it the way I experience it and one of the reasons I am finding this new avenue of spoken word poetry where I can read my own poetry uh, on a podcast uh, to a group of listeners, to an audience, is, or, or even occasionally put uh, recordings of my reading of my poetry on my own pages, is because I would like you to experience my poetry the way I hear it in my head when I'm writing it and reading it to myself. And so that could be hard with poetry if you don't have the meter sort of figured out in your head how to make it flow and rhyme. Uh, so uh, I really like it when I get the chance to present my poetry the way I hear it when I read it. Well, perfectly. That, that kind of leads right into, I'm going to play another one here. And uh, this one is called Crystal Foxes, and we'll go, we'll go into that after this is done. My fur tinkles and chimes like a belfry. If you want to escape, follow me. Well, you used to love Porg, now it's time to reorg. You might think that I'm mad, I'm just salty. That last line just gets me. Um, and especially when you're tackling porgs versus the crystal foxes. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that one 
Uh, I had a little bit of concern uh, writing it that the terminology of saying that someone was salty about something might not be universal. Uh, I, I live in uh, the southeast uh, of the United States, and uh, we use the terminology uh, of somebody being salty about something that they're uh, unhappy about uh, frequently. But I'm not. I wasn't sure if that would play uh, around the world because you know I'm very fortunate that I, I do have people who read the poetry from all around the world, which is, you know, amazing the time we live in. Uh, I wonder sometimes uh, what my dad's poetry would have been like if he had been able to, you know, reach an audience around the world uh, with no more effort than I'm having to, you know, put in to reach people. And so um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, that makes me smile every time uh, I read it myself. And uh, certainly I have, uh, you know, special love for particular poems that I write, but I will tell you the poems that I write and I just can't stop smiling and I post them up and I'm so excited about it are almost never necessarily the poems that land <laughs> the most spectacularly with the public. I've completely given up trying to guess uh, which poems will be most popular uh, with my audience. Uh, they have their own ideas about what they like and uh, and I have no ability to predict them, I've found. <laughs> <laughs> This is also, this next one, uh, which I'm going to play um, about that, sort of has an interesting, almost sort of a dark, dark humor to it. Anakin, what a surprise. The Jedi have met their demise. We are so glad you're here. We were frozen with fear. Master Annie, what's up with your eyes? Oh my goodness. So that one, yeah, that one sort of has a bit of a bit of a dark tone to it, but I thought the uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I, that's another one that I just love that poem because I I was you know I this was a series of poems because I sort of write in series and then I'll kind of finish a series and I'll I'll start reposting some stuff uh, to sort of buy myself some time to refresh from the grind of keeping new stuff coming out constantly and then also to start working on the next series of new poems and so uh that one uh i came up with a bunch of ideas for poems i wanted to write i didn't work from artwork at that point in my writing i was actually just coming up with thoughts on things i thought would be interesting to write a poem on and so i wrote slaughter at jedi temple <laughs> oh that'll make a great poem uh and then i sat down to try and figure out how to write uh, exactly uh, that one. And, you know, I felt like I was pretty darn happy uh, with the result. Uh, it's not something that immediately lends itself to humor, uh, but uh, certainly it's a pretty good topic for dark humor. Uh, and uh, I will flatter myself and say, this is maybe one of the better examples of where uh, being able to deliver the poem myself allows me to create a little bit more of an effect uh, than maybe someone would get exactly by uh, just reading it off on the post. So. Exactly. Now I'm going to play another one here called Integral, and then I want to come back to talk with you a little bit. Now I'm going to leave it as a cold setup here. Best friend since 77. We grieve with you now, Hans, in heaven. 
Your journey's not through, Porgs and Falcon too. Before Ray's done, she'll need a henchman. I think that one, um, which is a beautiful one, by the way, um, also has sort of a, a, you know, I know this comes out a little after uh, some recent events, but that kind of almost has a double meaning now, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was, I really wrote it about that period of time, sort of after The Force Awakens, kind of Last Jedi period. I think I really wrote it after, uh, I think after Force Awakens, but before The Last Jedi. And so uh, it's really more focused on Han's death, but uh, I think it does hit home. And I think, you know, it reminds us what an incredible uh what incredible life and what amazing uh generous gifts uh peter mayhew gave to the fan base both on the screen and off the screen uh it's just really the sort of star wars actor that you know we would really like them all to be both in his dedication to his character and his commitments uh to the fans and i think it also maybe reminds us that while Peter Mayhew is passed, uh, Chewbacca is not dead, at least not uh, outside of Legends, and uh, that you know we still have an amazing, dedicated actor, and that character, uh, at least for the time being, lives on uh, as I think Peter would have wanted us to. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that sort of led into you know when you're talking about a character death or an actor's actor's death just about, you know, like you do get your influences from all over. And sometimes I think it has to be probably a little difficult to tackle some of this, whereas you want to say something, you feel the need to, but then it's a question of, you know, do I need to let some time lapse? Do I need to kind of go back and think rather than just trying to, uh, for lack of a better word, and and that's, that's a, that's a penny word uh, for lack of a better word, kind of crank one out as it were. Right, right. Well, so this poem, of course, uh, already long existed ahead of uh, the moment of uh, Peter's death. And I, like a lot of people online, just took the opportunity to memorialize Peter by sharing work that we had done uh, about him and about his character. Uh, And this happened to be, I've actually, this is the only poem to date that I've written about Chewbacca uh, and it's paired with some really great uh, artwork. One of the few uh, art pieces that I've actually paired with a poem that wasn't uh, sketch card based, uh, done by uh, Matt Stewart uh, at Stewart uh, Illustrations on uh, Instagram. He was kind enough to share that artwork with me and share it very early in the process of my writing poetry. He was one of the early guys to say, hey, I got a piece of artwork that um, you could use if you like uh, before 20 other artists had uh, had you know seen that I was a proven commodity right one of the last ones I wanted to play and you had alluded to this earlier uh, regarding the Mandalorian about maybe kind of stretching yourself a bit there but it was one of the longer ones but I also thought it was interesting in that up until recently we didn't really have a whole lot of background on this character. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and play you the Mandalorian now. The Empire is gone, so there's nothing to fear. 
But a monster like that doesn't just disappear. You can trust in your blaster, your knife, and your gear. You can feel a strange itch when a stormtrooper's near. They may bed down with scum, their white armor gone gray, but if you turn your back, they might end you today. Now a bounty of Beskar, birthright of your clan, you would take any risk, you would hunt any man. Razorcrest awaits you, closest thing to a home. Half the reason you hunt is cause you need to roam. The empire is gone, so there's nothing to fear. But a monster like that doesn't just disappear. There's a lot of foreshadowing in that, but I wanted to get your take on creating something around content that is fairly fresh and unknown to a certain extent. Right. So <laughs> I was uh, somewhat peripherally aware that uh, when writing this poem that uh, I was going to be jumping into a little bit of a vacuum. I was, uh, as I mentioned before, I was at uh, Celebration Chicago and I was lucky enough to be in at least the overflow room to see this panel live. And uh, while the trailer that they showed us all uh, during the live stream was very uh, enticing and, and very cool, it was after they turned off the live stream that they showed about five minutes of actual footage from an episode uh, and that's where I drew all the inspiration really for this poem. So if you're listening to this poem and you can't quite place all the uh, references that I'm making, I would suggest that you pop uh, over to uh, YouTube or your, uh, your uh, video streaming uh, uh, platform of choice and you look for the bootleg footage <laughs> Of, uh, of the Mandalorian. I'm talking about the five minutes that didn't get shown on the official live stream. Uh, I know that I, I was able to link from YouTube to Reddit so that I could show the video footage to uh, multiple family members and friends who had not seen it. And if you watch that and then listen to this poem again, uh, it will be even cooler and more meaningful, I think, to you having seen that footage. And so right. uh, I fully anticipated and expected that this would be the first poem ever written about the Mandalorian live action television series. And I, I banged that gong a little bit online when presenting uh, <laughs> the poem, you know, but I, I don't mind making pronouncements like that. I, I, actually like and prefer to call myself the preeminent Star Wars poet in existence right now because I'm unaware of anyone else who's written 75 original works of Star Wars poetry and in the next couple of months that'll push well over a hundred. Uh, so uh, <laughs> saying that I've written the first poem about the Mandalorian live action uh, series uh, is nothing compared to calling yourself the preeminent uh, Star Wars poet. <laughs> well, and, and heck, yeah! If you want to take that further, I'm sure there'll be I'm sure there will be uh, things written about the Mandalorian in print, and you know, coming coming soon at some point, uh, novels. So I'm like, yeah, as long as you get yourself out there first, you're like, hey, uh, it's not a bad thing. Um, but one one thing that people have been kind of getting 
as they've been hearing this tonight is that you've been reading these and I kind of wanted to talk about your foray into your the, the spoken the, the spoken ones and, and where you're kind of trying to go with it. So I don't have a huge game plan for that beyond the fact that uh, having a pretty strong base now on social media for my posts and for the written poems and the collaborations with uh, all of these talented uh, Star Wars top sketch artists and uh, that I've now, uh, like I said, like to think a little bit more about how can I give these poems to the public in a way that they can experience them the same way I do when I read them, knowing how I think they're supposed to sound. And it's also really my stepping stone uh, as evidenced by this time we're spending together to uh, be able to roll them out to a, a podcasting uh, audience. I'm right now uh, making myself uh, available to a variety of podcasts uh, that I follow or that follow me on social media and uh, trying to do more of these interviews and look for more opportunities to drop the spoken word poems uh, that I'm producing into uh, other podcasts. I'm very fortunate at the moment to be doing a, a recurring uh, weekly segment to finish out the show on uh, a Star Wars Sessions podcast. A couple of really uh, positive, uh, well-informed, uh, just fun to listen to uh, British gentlemen. Uh, and uh, they have named me the poet laureate of the show and every, every week the last thing you hear uh on the show is me reading one of these spoken word poems and you know i would love for a more part podcast that have an interest to get up with me and uh to to find ways to drop these poems into podcasts in between segments uh at the beginning or the end of topics that might link up with things that i've done poetry on you know i'm Really, I'm just looking to always get these poems in front of more eyes. You know, I don't sell anything. I don't make <laughs> any money. The opposite is true. I I spend my own money, uh, you know, to do this. It's just uh, a labor of love. And the only payback I get is is when a greater number of people get to see what I've produced. And right. so, uh, anyway, so it is the next step for me and to some degree it was opened up by the fact that uh at the recent star wars celebration i did a cosplay that uh just got an amazing amount of attention and uh so for a short period of time i had uh the eyes of the world focused on me and so i was able to sort of grab a little bit bigger audience because of that and so these are people who now uh, can start to see what I'm doing with the poetry. Uh, I like to say, come for the cosplay, stay for the poetry. That's, that, that's awesome and well said. Yeah, especially in one of these things where everybody is, you know, working on building an audience. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's great when you can find these organic intersections, but it's also something where it's like, hey, sometimes luck plays into this. Uh, I think as you were saying, like, you know, hey, you know, what, what would you do if you had that, five minutes of fame and how would you use it? And I think that is something to where, hey, if someone comes back, it's it's maybe not necessarily, 
it's good content and it's content that's going to go, um, it's going to kind of go on and you're also still collaborating with. Um, I did want to ask you uh, quickly, you know, since you got introduced to sketch cards and this is a, this is a card podcast, right. has that kind of got the bug to kind of check out some of these cards you didn't know existed? <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's funny you should ask that just the last couple of days I, I knew I was coming on the show and I thought, <laughs> well, I should really, uh, self-educate a little bit about the whole process of how uh, being a sketch card artist works and and how's how's the pay work on that and how's how do these commissions work and you know uh, are these is every one of these sketch cards that I pull out of a pack is this an actual original one of one piece of artwork that an artist has had sitting in front of them on their easel and painted or or uh, or created with colored pencil or or uh, Copic marker or what have you, or are they reproducing uh, the original work and it's original art but it's being reproduced by the company multiple times or and so I anyway I learned uh, a lot about that which I shared with my uh, daughters just so that I had it well set in my mind how <laughs> that all worked and then I went on eBay and I started looking at top Star Wars sketch. Uh, cards and uh, kind of spotting cards uh, that were uh, being made available for sale from many of the different artists uh, that I actually work with. So that was kind of fun. Uh, I, I can't afford any of their artwork, <laughs> but uh, it is fun to see and very interesting to know a little more of the, the behind the scenes stuff about how uh, artists returns and artist proofs and you know how much they do or don't get paid for the individual cards by the company initially and you know how the reimbursement works and such right and it's also as you say when you're going to cons and you actually see these folks and you get to meet them and you go oh my gosh you're behind this particular one um, sometimes they get uh, sketch cards sometimes they even get base cards and there's even whole sets that are dedicated to artists and those those come a little cheaper than the, than the sketch art ones, but it is sort of nice when you can see all this artwork that is almost evergreen, and you'll see it from year to year, and they become these iconic artistic images, and you actually get a chance to meet some of these people. It, it's quite a thrill, and it's it's one of the things when you find a little more behind the content, a little more behind the art. I, I think it just it just enriches um, your experience overall. Um, right. I, I do want to get you out of here. I know you've got a lot going on today, but I, I first want to say thank you so much for spending some time with us today. But um, once again, if someone wants to to reach out, how do they go about it? Uh, anyone who likes can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Excellent. I think you've got a. I think you've got a nice future in audio, by the way. If this whole poetry thing doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> once again, thank you so much. I think you have to admit that was pretty awesome. And once again, thanks to Curtis for giving us a little bit of time tonight. Check him out over the Instagram site at Star Wars Poetry. Um, once again, you can find more of me at Rebel Base Card on Instagram. If you have any feedback for tonight's show, there will be a post in Instagram. You can post your comments, feedbacks, criticisms, what have you, or you can simply email me at greg at rebelbasecard.com. If you want to leave me an email, comment, what have you. Like I said, I am going to be trying to put out some solicitations for some collector's tips. Uh, if you are interested in participating and you have some good thoughts, some ideas for some beginning collectors, you can go ahead and either email me 
uh, at the email I just told you about or DM me on Instagram and uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, thank you once again for joining us and we'll see you next time. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.